Today's gospel is one of those stories that everybody's heard, whether they're Christian or not. Certainly we've all heard it. And it's one of those really good stories. It's got everything. A possessed man, talking demons, a great miracle, pigs, a scared village, but even better, it's got Jesus. And if we used it today, they'd probably make a four-part miniseries out of it for cable because they're all doing the vampires and the ghosts and things. It would do very well. And before we get started, I'd like to thank Mother Lisa, first for reading the gospel for me today, and also for allowing me to speak to you today. But I want to tell you, after 40 years of law enforcement, I've become suspicious. And just what are the chances that the policeman got the pig scripture? It's okay, it'll take a while. <laughs> On to our scripture. Jesus and his disciples are traveling to Gerasenes. Why? Why are they going to Gerasenes? The people are most likely Gentiles. Gerasenes was a Greek village that had been established during the Greek occupation of Jerusalem and was one of the ten Decapolis cities. So everybody there was most likely Greek or a very few Hellenized Jews. Gadara, the closest large city, is one of those ten great cities of the Decapolis that they talk about. And to the point that they probably weren't Jews, they keep and raise pigs. Now the Talmud warns the Jews, and the swine, because it divideth the hoof, yet cheweth not the cud, is unclean to you. You shall not eat their flesh, nor touch their dead carcass, not something a good Jew would do. Now in the verses before this one, Jesus has just left large crowds in Galilee, and that night before calmed a raging storm. So as he arrives in Gerasenes, where are the people? Where are the crowds that have been following him? Surely the local people have heard of him. It's not that large of an area, and it's possible they might have even seen him leaving the evening before. Because at the Sea of Galilee, on a clear day, you can see from one side to the other. Not necessarily lengthwise, but from one side to the other. However, when Jesus arrives, only one tormented soul meets him at the shore. Our scripture continues. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes. He did not live in a house but in the tombs. Now many people would say he was disturbed or that perhaps he was even possessed by mental illness and it's difficult to talk about demons in our modern world. Today we don't experience those kinds of things like they did in ancient times so it's difficult to know but the Bible often talks about people who have troubled spirits folks who are frightened to trembling and those who are burdened with weary. In each of those cases, demonic possession is not mentioned, and they're just as easily cured. But in all three of the synoptic gospels, they tell us that they are demonically possessed in this man. Now, an interesting side, all the demons that Jesus confronts have three things in common. They are separated from their families, their friends, and the people they love. They cause self-destructive behavior. They hurt themselves. 
The individuals cannot escape by themselves. Does that sound familiar? Don't many of us every day suffer from these same kinds of troubles? And that doesn't require demonic possession. But an interesting question is, how did the man know who Jesus is and that he was coming? For clearly the man appears psychic when he falls down before Jesus and shouts, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? This acclamation is well before Jesus asked Peter, Who do you say I am? We all remember that part. It's another favorite scripture. And Jesus' answer, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now remember Christ's answer to Peter after Peter said that. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So who has revealed to this man well before Peter that the Christ stands before him? And what has compelled him to be the only soul out there to meet him? Well, you can bet that it wasn't the demons. The demons don't want to be there. And that's one of the things that makes this a real human story. I can only imagine this man, if possessed, how he had to fight against an inner turmoil that was keeping him from going. We've all been around and seen homeless people who are disheveled, yelling and screaming seemingly at themselves, actually tearing at themselves, at a war with themselves, seeming to travel in a circle. And I'm sure this man looked the same way, a Greek tragedy and comedy. But yet, inch by inch, ever so closely, he was fighting those dark forces that were trying to possess him to get closer to Christ. Knowing that the Savior was coming, Imagine how bravely he fought all by himself against his inner turmoil. Now remember Mark's version of this story, he bruised himself with stones and no one could restrain him, not even with chains. As Jesus arrived, standing completely naked, he is the only one awaiting our Lord. This man represents all of us who have come seeking Christ as their last and only hope. When we are consumed with despair, depression, addiction, or any number of troubles or demons. Jesus then asked him, what's your name? And he said, legions, for many demons had entered him. Now, here's the pig part. There on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down to a steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Now, I can only ask, why did the demonized pigs drown themselves? And I do mean themselves. Pigs can swim. There is nothing in the passage that suggests that God or Jesus drove them into the water or in, off the shore or even in some of the scripture off the cliff. Or that Jesus even forced them into the pigs. Remember, they asked. Nor does it make sense to suppose that the demons caused the pigs to kill themselves. Since remember, I just said, they're the ones who pleaded with Christ to go into the pigs to avoid the abyss. They didn't want to die. Perhaps. Just like a parasite, very quickly they drove the pigs mad. Or perhaps there are some things that even pigs won't do. 
That's okay, you're catching up this morning. Notice also that the swine herds don't scream about the loss of over thousands of pigs. Now remember, a legion is a Roman containment of men. And it was generally six to 11,000, depending upon their company. They don't even ask for payment. In fact, all they do is just run off and told it in the city and in the country. Now in the city and the country, people gather together. And how do they respond to this great miracle that's happened in their presence? Did they bring their sick that they might be healed? Did they open their hearts to receive the good news of Christ and the coming kingdom of God? No. On the contrary. Listen to what it says. Then the people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid, for they were seized with great fear. The people of Gesserines were frightened by what they saw, and they were terrified, not by just what they saw, but how Jesus might impact their lives. The village had grown accustomed to this man, just like the homeless in our own communities. It was something they passed every day. He wasn't something that affected them directly. If he was a problem, they bound him, which he broke free for a while. If he ranted and raved, they'd heard it before, like those little voices that are always disturbing us, those little wrongs that we're always doing. We just kind of pushed him to the side and didn't worry about it. He wasn't a big problem to him, was he? And we too, like the village, have become accustomed to those little wrongs that we do all the time and the little troubles that we have. Those things that possess us, the things we should change, but we won't, it might make us uncomfortable. And it would appear that Jesus, who has brought light into darkness and made the possessed man whole, is the one they fear. Jesus is making them uncomfortable. So what do they do? Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gesserines asked Jesus to leave them. So he got in his boat and returned. He left. I can't imagine. But before he left, the man begged to follow him. Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done. It kind of sounds sad, but... Think of the question I asked when we first started, and that is, why did Jesus go to Gerasenes? Why did he cross the water and calm the storm? That's because today's gospel is not about whether there are or are not demons. It's not about whether or not Jesus makes us uncomfortable for the things we've grown accustomed to that we know we should change. And it's not even about pigs. Jesus came to save one tormented soul. Remember his own words in Matthew, for the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. Or Luke, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Today's scripture reminds us that Jesus loves us so much that he is willing to travel anywhere, any distance, at any time, ready and willing to calm the storms that rage in us. Each 
in every one of us. Beloved, St. Paul said it best in Romans. Nothing can keep us from the love of God. Death cannot, life cannot, angels cannot, leaders cannot, any other power cannot. Hard things now or later in the future cannot. The world above or the world below cannot. Any other living thing cannot keep us away from the love of God which is ours through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.